Hi, you're listening to Living Life on Purpose, and I'm your host, Matt Wilson. The goal of this show is for us to sit down with successful people who also live a life of purpose. We want you to hear their stories, understand that they've had to overcome adversity, how their faith has played a role, and ultimately we want you to be encouraged by the things that you hear so that you can walk through similar situations. We hope you enjoy. Today on the show, we have Robert Richard. Robert is an actor, entertainer, entrepreneur, mentor. Overall, he's certainly a person that lives a life full of purpose every single day. Robert, it is an honor to have you. What's going on, world? How are you guys doing? Love you guys. God bless. How are you? Definitely uh, excited to to have you on the show. You are super busy. You know, I don't know how you get everything that that you're involved with done on a daily basis. You got to sort of assign yourself to your goals. Um, I think that you know setting small goals is a great way to ignite like the fire inside of you that wants to get everything accomplished. So um, I, I make it a point to, you know, if I can just do one positive thing in the right direction, that'll get me in the in the routine of doing things. And then they just grow from there and build from there. So I'm a big advocate of just starting small and continue to work and maybe challenge yourself and give yourself a couple of challenges that they continue to snowball. And then you can amount a lot of success for what you value. That's awesome. So one of the things that that I saw in the information that was sent to me was uh, you're involved in mentoring and, and helping out with at-risk youth. Tell me a little bit about that. Absolutely. So, um, you know, redefining that title instead of at-risk, at-promise youth. And, you know, I'm from the inner city. I grew up in uh, South Central LA in the 90s. I'm from the Crenshaw area. And, you know, I can see that I had a lot of energy and when that energy wasn't directed somewhere that was productive, it was destructive. So if I have an opportunity to go talk to young people, whether they're, you know, in grammar school, middle school, high school, university level, um, postgraduate, I'm definitely there to be someone who is, you know, an inspiration and a light to, you know, you know, really trying to, you know, make sure that they're assigning themselves to greatness and then actively pursuing that. Well, I think that's extremely important because you are so right. There are so many people that that they don't have a positive influence in their life. You know, everywhere they look, it's it's all negative and it's hard to break out of that cycle. So, you know, when there's somebody that steps in and says, hey, you know, I, I don't know exactly what you've been through, but I do want to just give you encouragement. I want to show you that there is a better way. You know, in your situation, you you grew up in some of those circumstances and you're able to, to say, I have been there and I was right. able to, you know, work my way out of those situations. I think that that's extremely positive and it's extremely needed because, you know, there are a lot of people that, you know, they don't know what to do. Uh, and if all they see is negative surroundings, then it's going to be very hard for them to shift into something that is positive. One simple uh, challenge that I have for myself. So I grew up in like a very, you know, gang environment um, in Southern California. And so for New Year's one year, I, I said, could I wear a shirt and tie every day for a year? And I noticed that even just that small exterior change, like how I interacted with others, my posture, my vocabulary selection, the things that I studied, cared about doing, my behavior in the daytime based on what I was wearing, um, where I hung out. I started hanging out in the bank a lot more just because I was dressed nicer and it was appropriate. And so like, I hear I'm with you today. I'm sort of still wearing the shirt and tie. Um, but, um, you know, small tools like that that are really tangible and someone can access um, and that I can help them do that, um, I think is, uh, you know, baby steps in the right direction. 
So to go from South Central LA to now you're on the other side of town, you know, in the film industry, you are uh, in TV, movies, all different aspects of, of entertainment. What's that shift been like for you? And you've been doing this for a long time, but how has, ha- have you seen things change in your life? It's a great question. If you allow me to, I can be honest about it. You know, it's still a struggle. I think every single day, I think that, you know, a lot of, you know, how I grew up and the attitude of my neighborhood is still pulling on me every single day. And so in a lot of scenarios, you know, I still feel like a fish out of water. You know, um, I still feel like, you know, even when I go on set, like, you know, there's one, you know, I dress like a professional and, you know, that was what my coach taught me in sports. He goes, you know, act like you've been there before. And I know that I get scrutiny even in my office, in my workplace for how I dress. Why are you dressed so nice? Because it's Monday, because it's Wednesday, because it's game day. And, you know, this where I might relate to athletes more who understand like, hey, before I get into my jersey, my coach required me to show up in a suit and to, you know, take my profession seriously. You know, I can get flagged for that, you know, even in my office. And that's just one of many, many challenges. Um, and you have to be resilient and super, um, you know, determined, disciplined with what you're going to assign yourself to do, even though sometimes the world might, you know, kind of push on you and kind of tease you a little bit. I mean, you know, I work in fitness now and I wanted to have, you know, a really nice core, a really nice six pack. And so I have to eat the vegetables. I have to eat the greens. And, you know, I can go stand in line with somebody and be like, oh, you're not going to eat the hamburger. I'm like, I don't eat bread. And they're like, you're a weirdo. I'm a weirdo because I don't like inflammation. I don't want diabetes. I don't want to have unnecessary carbs and I'm willing to eat off of a fork. That makes me weird. And so you have to sort of like, you know, condition your mind and say, okay, who are the people that I want to align to? What are they doing? Who's on your quote unquote proverbial island? And, you know, for every young person outside who's listening to this interview, anybody, decide who is on this sort of magical dreamland that you want to be associated with them. So if it's an investor or somebody who's really smart in science or some amazing artist or amazing athlete, these people who make up your dream island, start doing what they do, start practicing what they practice, start involving yourselves in the routines they involve you in. And then you'll start to see yourself becoming like them. Well, I think that that is extremely important in you know, ultimately determining what is most important to you and then aligning yourself with those people, uh, how you can best get to be the best version of, of who God's intended you to be. And I want to uh, to, to have a six pack like yours. I mean, I, I'm in fairly good shape, but I do eat bread sometimes. Uh, I try not to eat it that often, but, but there is sacrifice in order to get to the place that you want to go. And you got to be willing, is the sacrifice worth it? You know, the things that I'm fighting for, the things that I'm working towards, you know, am I willing to make that sacrifice in order to get to where I want to go? Because, you know, you can't eat what you want to eat and look like you look. I mean, that's just reality. I mean, you got to exercise, you got to diet, you've got to be disciplined. Right. And, you know, I heard a really cool thing today, this morning. It was great. It was saying like how to break up like your time that you spend with different people and, you know, spending 33% of your time being an active, willing student. 
finding someone who knows a lot more than you do, who makes you feel stupid, and you study them and you learn from them as a student. Then you spend another third of the time with your peers and you start a competition and see who can be the best at competition amongst your peers. And then you find someone who doesn't know what you know and you, you become a teacher to them and you try your best to educate. And I can say that, you know, even my family would say that when I find myself not in a relationship with anyone where it's one of those three definitively, either I'm teaching them or I'm learning from them or I'm in a competition with them as my peer, I start to drift away. Um, and that's okay. You know, there's a lot of people on this planet. And it's okay to find your niche, your community that you relate to. Yeah, I, I do think that it's important to, to always be in some element of growth or, or some element of, of helping other people grow. Uh, you know, ultimately, I always say that, you know, essentially you want to, to always have somebody that's pulling you up and you always want to be reaching back and pulling somebody else up after you've been pulled up. And so, you know, you get filled up to pour out. And that is uh, extremely important. And I think that if there were more of that today, you know, we wouldn't see some of the you know, craziness that we do see on a regular basis. So that being said, you know, let's shift into, you, you've got a handful of movies that are coming out, but the one in particular that I want to focus on is My Brother's Keeper. I got to see the, the pre-screener, an awesome movie. Uh, you were fantastic in the film and, um, you know, you did a great job of playing Donnie. And, and ultimately, you know, what I loved about the story, number one, is, you know, it's a story about struggle. It's a story about overcoming those struggles, battling demons, and, and ultimately how faith can guide you through an extremely difficult situation. But even with, you know, you and Travis's relationship there, you kind of broke his heart, betrayed his trust, and then he had to extend forgiveness. And that was the last hurdle that he had to, you know, really go through to to make that shift in his life. But uh, just an awesome, awesome story. Uh, And you were fantastic in that role. So what drew you to the uh, the role and, and kind of give me your your thoughts on the film. Absolutely. So, um, you know, one, that was a great recap of, of the movie. And I think you said that, you know, better than I've ever said it. So why I admire you for that. Um, you know, what brought me to the role, honestly, is God. You know, I think that God provides opportunities in your life. And sometimes they might not look the most magnificent or not wrapped in a pretty red bow, but those things that he brought to you for your growth or for you to get closer to him. And so I've recognized that in my past that I've said no to things that I didn't like that were so successful. So now I don't question it as much. Like when something brought to my table, okay, then that's what God wants me to have. And so when uh, Bishop Mackey, the producer, asked me to be a part of the movie, I said, yes, let's do it. Let's do a faith-based movie. And then my challenge, my direct challenge was I want the people who know my career and know the movies that I've done to feel like no talent or enthusiasm was compromised at all because I switched genres. And I love the movie that I said. And I, I learned a lot too. I learned about how to be on set with actors who are really, really kind and generous and want to connect. I mean, every movie is different. And a lot of times I think people would describe me more as like a method actor. So kind of like, stay in my role and kind of stay to myself. And I can sort of like lock in this potential energy that I like release for the first time on my first take. So a lot of times people are always wondering like why I'm not communicating as much or why I'm seeing a little bit like reserved or introverted just because I want to be able to like keep all of my 
passion and energy locked in and just sort of like release it when the cameras are rolling. But on this film, with TC and Keisha and, and Joey was great too. Like they were all just so open and kind and uh, great city of Georgia where it was shot and they were open up and gave us the key to the city and the police were so sweet and everything. So I definitely learned that like, there's a compromise and you can do both. And then, you know, also it's a great sense of story about struggle and being able to lean on your loved ones and your family and your friends um, when you're really dealing with something that really only God can transform that suffering. Yeah, I mean, it was um, definitely a, a powerful story. I know that there are so many you know, veterans that struggle with PTSD. And, you know, ultimately, there are a lot of people that, that succumb to that struggle, you know, whether it's suicide or whether it is homelessness. Uh, you know, they, they don't. Uh, I, I think that faith is probably the, the greatest thing that helps people uh, overcome that. It, it's, you know, clearly the best option out of any of those three, uh, you know, but some people, they just continue to battle and they, you know, they, they deal with it ongoing. They try to live a normal life. But I, I think that you guys did a great job of capturing that. And you know, ultimately, I hope that it not only brings awareness, but, but I hope that it shows people that there is another aspect of how to deal with it. And, and God can change anybody's life. God can restore anybody. God can redeem anybody. And, uh, you know, even when, you know, your, your friend uh, gets into a, a bad situation and it causes a tragedy, you know, that, that there's still grace and forgiveness for, you know, that person as well. So there was a lot that was encompassed in that. And uh, so was that your first faith-based role or? Um, it wasn't my first faith-based role, but I had approached it with sort of a different energy. Um, I did another one with a gospel singer um, um, and it was, uh, I'm drawing a blank right now, I have to look at my credits, but it was not another faith-based movie. But yeah, I was just really drawn to this one because I feel like it really kind of crossed a lot of genres. The military is very important to me. My family is all military families. So the fact that it was military based is important to me. Um, you know, PTSD for everyone is in the same, but know what that is. It's um, post-traumatic stress syndrome um, or disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, and that comes from literally having a recurring fear or complication from trauma and stress that's happened in your past. And I thought that was important. And, um, you know, two, also, you know, leaning on God and family uh, when you're going through things. I think that it's a very, very powerful message and something that, ironically, the timing couldn't be more perfect because we're all globally disconnected from our loved ones, having trauma from what's happened with the pandemic, a lot of things that people are dealing with right now, and to provide people with an answer, I think, a real answer. You know, turn to God, turn to the Lord. I think is I think is outstanding, and it's also a great conversation piece. If you don't know how to tell someone, you know, that you're struggling with something, you just put on a movie and get your popcorn out and eat the chocolate, and the conversation will flow right after the movie's over. So it's great. Absolutely, and and I do agree that the timing is is fantastic because so many people are trying to figure out, you know, how do I deal with certain things that are out of my control and. You know, there, there are certain things that, that I have absolutely no ability to change and, and only God can do some of these things. And so I, I do think that that's you know, 
God's timing is always perfect. And, yes. you know, so it's, it's definitely fantastic. Has it, has it been released yet or is it about the movie? To be the movie comes out March 19th. Okay. And I'm just really excited. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I was excited to see it and I was only able to watch it on a laptop. So I can't wait until I'm able to watch it on a much larger screen. Uh, definitely we'll watch it again. But from that standpoint, so there were some, you know, folks that have been in other, you know, TV, movies, you know, Joey Lawrence was a, a big you know, music star back in the day when I was growing up. And, you know, so from that standpoint, uh, it seems like there is a, like there's a trend or a growth of people who have had success, you know, the world's, you know, definition of success. And now they're saying, Hey, I want to make faith-based movies. I want to make movies that, that have a good, you know, uplifting message. I, I want to glorify God with the things that I'm doing. Are you seeing a large shift in the Hollywood community uh, towards that? Or is it uh, just a, a, a small segment? What what does that look like to you? Um, I think, you know, um, the more you explore art, the more you find God. And, you know, whether it's Michelangelo or some amazing doctor or scientist who's trying to go to outer space or even just making movies for entertainment, like the more that you explore the closer you're going to be to God. And, you know, right now, someone that's very popular is Steph Curry, the basketball player. He's been making a production company for faith-based movies. And at the same time, he's, what, the best shooter of all time. So the person who's having the highest level of excellence is drawing closer and closer to God, his wife, and family. I think that's just kind of how God intends it. Like, his all perfection, his omniscience, and his you know, um, omnipresence, um, finds himself in everyone who's uh, you know, pursuing excellence. So from that standpoint, have you always had a strong faith or is that something that, um, uh, you've developed recently? What, what does that look like? Yeah. So, um, great question, by the way. Um, so I've always sort of had like this threefold relationship with God and Christ and, you know, the, this, the foundation of that was like the religion, going to church and practicing Christianity as a youngster. And then around like my teenage years, I started to have a direct connection with the Lord in a constant conversation happening with God. And God reveals himself everywhere in my life. When I'm crossing the street, when I'm eating, when I'm in the gym, who he puts in my life, something that I just said, comedy. He's just so, so present in my life. And it's funny how he is always revealing himself. I'm like, he's not that quiet at all. He's very, very um, uh, loud and, and, and present everywhere. And then the third thing is sort of like, you know, this level of spirituality that exists that to be able to relate to others with what they value spiritually. And from my traveling the world and seeing things that maybe I never would have saw before, people who have different religions or different beliefs, that I'm not a bigot in my religion and in my faith and what I pray to, that I can understand where they're coming from because no different than me finding Christianity when I was a kid in my family. I'm sure they were conditioned to believe a certain thing how they grew up and still trying to create those common balance. So the three that I have is like my discipline, my religion, my active relationship with like Christ, God, and the Holy Spirit, and then my connection from human to human, spirit to spirit, universally throughout, you know, the Milky Way galaxy. That's good stuff. You know, and I do think that um, 
people need to understand that are that are listening to this that that God is always there that he does want that relationship with you and you know every single one of us has that opportunity through the power and the presence of the holy spirit to not only encounter him but but also allow him to guide us and uh, direct us to things that are better than we ever hoped dreamed or imagined so that is uh that's very good stuff so uh you're also not just entertainment but um you, you said health and fitness. Uh, what all do you do with that? And you do business coaching. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Tell us, tell us a little bit more about what you got going on and how people yeah. can find out more about you. So I had some good teachers growing up. Um, my father was one of my you know best teachers, and my grandfather too. Um, and I had a lot of great teachers um, in my scholastics growing up. And I ended up going to Johns Hopkins for engineering. So a lot of things that you know the way that I see the world, I can sort of like reverse engineer or sort of deconstruct a lot of systems and i've used that to transfer that into other areas in my life um, you know for fitness i went and asked my doctor a couple key questions to figure out what the heck is it and how do we simplify it and we figured it out and the same thing i go with like you know business whether learning from other masters of what i've come up with myself you know i spent spent about four hours dissecting one commercial and then I saw that same system and that same pattern in nearly everything in commerce. And I went, oh, wow. So there's like a formula to this. And then, you know, being a tool and being a teacher and being a vessel for people to have access to the information, especially when they're curious about it. And then also, too, um, I work for um, Elite Performance Medicine. We're based in Newport Beach, California, and uh, we're providing better science, better medicine. And, you know, our founder asked the question, if you go in your medicine cabinet, if you go to the drugstore, you turn around anything, look at the ingredients, you can't probably read it. You can't read it. You don't know what it is. And there's usually a section that says inactive ingredients. And our founder asked the question, why is there anything inactive and anything that we're putting, you know, in or on our body? So I got behind that company, too, and I love building it up, and it's great. And even though it's in its infancy, we've, you know, helped thousands and thousands of customers already, and we transform suffering for all. We have things for military. Um, the military um, has a lot of restrictions of what they can't use. Same thing with people in government. Anybody who has any kind of professional scrutiny, including Olympic athletes. And, you know, we provide healing um, formulas for them. Uh, people for mothers and babies. People suffering from uh, muscle and joint pain. Uh, people who have surface imbalance like psoriasis and eczema. Things that really, you know, really uh, can put a damper on someone's confidence and how they present themselves to the world. And we're tackling all those problems. And you can just go to EPM, um, you go on Google, just type in EPM products. It comes right up, uh, Elite Performance Medicine. And our website is epmproductx.com, epmproducts.com. It's amazing. Okay. We're on all the socials too. All right. And so um, to find out more about other aspects about you, uh, see some of the other work that you've done, see uh, the things that you've got coming out uh, here in the near future, uh, what website or what, what's the uh, what's the best way that, that people can learn more about Robert Richard? Well, I think that I'm super accessible to people. Um, as a lot of people have my phone number. I give it out all the time. My number is 213-215-8050. Um, I'm at the Robert Richard on all the platforms. So I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter. I'm on Clubhouse now. I'm on Real Talk Live, you know, all the platforms that we have. And 
there's a different dimension of my character on, you know, each one of those platforms. And I think that, you know, we can get to know each other uh, a lot better. Um, and I mean, I'm out here, you know, hugging grandparents and kissing babies when allowed. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think I'm super accessible and I, I try and stay that way and try and remain as humble as possible. All right. So a parting thought to somebody who's out there who's trying to overcome struggle, somebody who's trying to uh, maybe they've they've had humble beginnings like you did. They're trying to work their way up. What advice would you give to to that person in party? So the first thing that I would say uh, is the relationship of your origin and your destination. So a lot of philosophers, a lot of people have this rhetoric talking about a journey. And where I do think journeys may be important, that's not going to get us to the airport. It's having a clear address of where you want to go. So anywhere that I want to go on the planet, if I want to go to Disneyland, 7-Eleven, or I want to go to the White House, I'm going to need an address. And, you know, let's say the White House is 1600 Pennsylvania Ave. There's a relationship of where I am on the planet and where that is, and there's a direct route there. So that's one thing that I think that people should start to focus on is where am I now and where specifically do I want to end up? Robert, it has been an honor to have you here with us today. We hope that you've enjoyed the show and you can learn more about us at Facebook, uh, Living Life on Purpose, and then also Instagram, Living Life on Purpose Always. And if you like the show, please be sure to comment, like, and share with your friends. And we'll see you next week.